Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 2021 Community Service Draft. Today we have gathered here to find out the fate of second-year interns all across South Africa to find out where they're going to be placed for community service next year. Will they be placed in urban settings, in a rural setting, in Limpopo, or the Northern Cape? All that and more you're going to find out here. We gathered here with Efosa, standing outside the union buildings in Pretoria. How would you be feeling if you were a second-year intern, Efosa? I'd be very worried, but I'd be more worried about what's going on with your voice. Sorry, I, sometimes I fall into character a bit too much. Today, me and Efosa have gathered to speak about something that is quite topical at the moment, and this is community service. Some of you may be second-year interns, and you've just applied for your community service um, placement next year. You might be feeling a bit anxious. Me and Efosa have gathered here, and we've been spending the past few weeks trying to decide whether we could come up with our own sort of system that could overhaul the community service system that's currently in place. As you can see, my colleague is a bit uh, quick to jump the gun. He hasn't even introduced ourselves properly. You don't even know what you're listening to Sorry. right now. He's missed some formalities. Just in case you're wondering, you're listening to 15-Minute Medicine, where we make medicine as simple as possible, but not simpler than that. Today, we'll be talking about the community service draft. In a sense, as Farai mentioned, it's a way we've conceptualized how to place second-year insurance for their community service. Before we start, I think it's, it's always nice to start with a random fact. And today, I've got one that I find quite interesting. So you know how you have a lot of surgeons who think they're very cool and call themselves Mr. Well, I actually found out now that why they do this is because back, way back when, to actually become a surgeon, you didn't actually have to go to medical school. You could actually complete a, an apprenticeship for seven years under a registered surgeon, and then you could practice as a surgeon by yourself. Whereas to be a physician, you actually had to go to medical school. So I thought that, yeah, that's quite interesting. Thanks for that very interesting fact, Farai. Um, when I become a surgeon, I'd still like to maybe call myself Mr. It just sounds cooler. It does give that air of exclusivity, and I guess that's why they do it. And you're going to sound quite pompous, but up to you. It's not pompous if you can back it up. So in the past, there has been one year of internship, one year of community service. And at a certain point, a lot of medical schools changed to five years of med school. And then the Department of Health thought to compensate for this, they should have a two-year internship program with community service. Why did they do that? I don't remember. <laughs> I gave you the stuff to read. <laughs> so why, what was happening is that a lot of, well, what was decided in government was that medical school, a lot of students came out of medical school having a good theoretical knowledge, but then didn't have the required skills. So that's why they reduced one year. They took away one year of medical school and increased internship to two years. Over the years of reviewing this process, they actually found out that this wasn't necessarily the best thing to do because just because you increased internship, it didn't mean that you necessarily gained the skills in that extra year, as well as the fact that you still need six years to compensate for the different levels of education that different people come out with from high school. So all medical schools in South Africa, bar one, have gone back to six years of medical school, and we have remained with two years of internship and one year of community service training. That's all fair and well, but I think that's a different chat for another day, because the crux of today's conversation is about community service and how we can place community service doctors. So just to give some background, this system is aimed at leveling the playing field as well as increasing the retention of doctors in community service posts. Because I know a lot of people who would rather just reject a post and stay unemployed than go somewhere where they don't want to go and they know they'll be completely unhappy with. Also, in the context of South Africa, there's a lot of differences between various hospitals, rural and urban. So this would be a way, in a sense, kind of even it all out, or at least attempt to. So we've based the system on the NFL draft, which takes place in American football in the United States. During this draft, all the teams are ranked 
based on their previous season's performance. Sorry, this is in the NFL. Yes, I did mention that. You must listen. Okay, sorry. Yes, sorry, Paul. So the worst performing team is ranked first and goes in reverse order up until the best performing team or the team that won the championship that year. And then that team, which is ranked first or the worst in, in essence in performance, gets the first choice of the new talent of players. So this continues on and on in rounds until every player available is chosen. Some players may go undrafted, but that's a different story altogether. And it's, it's not necessarily the best player that they can choose. They choose the player that they would like according to their needs. So let's say they have a really good playmaker or quarterback, then they're not going to choose another quarterback. They're going to choose maybe a top defensive player if that's what they think they need. So maybe like just to apply to the health system, the worst performing hospitals would be ranked in reverse order. And those hospitals would be able to choose or have the pick of the cream of the crop, creme de la creme, of the second year interns that are be about to become comms for the next year. So we're going to elaborate a bit more on this now adapted NFL draft, now come comserve draft. First of all, this is not a perfect draft system or perfect system at all. We know that there's obviously a few things that people may not agree with. But the main thing we want to kind of emphasize is that we're trying to help with improving the servicing of hospitals. So as much as we are going to also try and make changes that will suit the second year interns that are going to become community service interns, the main aim of this is for that is to improve how the hospitals are functioning as well as to make sure that the population at large is served. I bring this point a bit further by say, um, looking at the definitions that have been given for internship versus community service by the National Department of Health. Internship is supposed to function as an apprenticeship. So in ideal circumstances, during our internship, we're supposed to be placed under expert guidance and care so that we are harnessing the skills that we've learned throughout medical schools and learning new skills that will take us, put us in good stead for the future. Whereas in community service, as the name suggests, it is now to improve healthcare provision for the community at large. So as Zephosa said, in our community service draft, we are adapting the NFL style and basically second year interns will be put into a whole, into a pool where everyone will have their own separate profile that has been drawn up based on their own interests and and assessment that they've been given throughout internship. This being said, there's going to have to be more supervision and more assessment during internship to make sure that people are rated, I don't want to use the word rated, people are assessed adequately. So assessments... You're asking for a lot of supervision in internship. That's like a big, big ambition. Like, good luck with that. Again, like we, like we spoke about before, I think that we are speaking about ideal circumstances and we're just asking people to do what they're actually being paid for. So all those consultants that are just busy drinking coffee during the day, they're actually going to have to now take time to know the interns. That's just my two cents. As I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. So what your profile will be made up of is your interests, what you, what you consider your strengths, and what you consider your weaknesses. So if I take myself, for example, I would say that I don't mind paperwork too much. I'm interested in surgery. And I don't find myself to be someone who is necessarily fast at things, thinking on the spot. Let me say thinking on the spot. Um, I'm trying to hint that I would never be able to work in a casualty. Then from there, what gets added to my profile is now what the consultants or registrars say about me. Whether they think that I'm tardy, which I am. Whether they think I'm hardworking, I'd believe I'd want to believe that I am. And whatever else they'd want to know. Whatever else they think is necessary for determining this then goes into my profile 
which all the hospitals that are offer- offering community service posts are then able to see. Now the tricky part comes in because it requires work on the part of these hospitals that are offering community service spots. They need to assess how they have performed in the previous year and determine what they actually need in their hospital to improve. So if they decide that they have been performing poorly in their clinics because there's been poor attention to detail, or they decide that their casualty is a mess, then now when they go looking for incoming interns, they need to go onto the system and look for people that have an interest in, for example, running clinics. Now, based on that, they see the pool of these people and they can decide who is most suited to their needs. So it doesn't make sense for the hospitals to now decide that they want someone who is judged to be a great surgeon and is very good at making clinical diagnoses. Meanwhile, we need someone who's, who needs to be working in a family medicine clinic, if that makes any sense. I'm actually glad you mentioned that. If you remember our fourth year public health lectures, if you can remember way back then, we had some lectures on monitoring and evaluation, or MNE which actually says that we should, a hospital, any system, should be constantly reevaluating the processes and efficiencies and all those things. I can't go into too much detail because it's too long ago, but it's important what you mentioned, that hospitals and clinics or every, any facility should be constantly evaluating its requirements, its performance, and adjusting its um, resources accordingly. So why we, why we have chosen the NFL approach is because I think if you compare it with the Premier League, you see that there's been that's a... The, that's the English Football League. For those who don't know yes <laughs> um you see if you look at the results you see that with the nfl draft it allows for a redistribution of personnel and you kind of balance out the teams whereas with the premier league those that have money get better and better and better and they always remain the winners so of course i'm going to ask a bit of your general knowledge right now in the premier league in the last 10 years how many people have how many teams have won in the last 10 years i'd say about four. Name them. Uh, Man United, the best team ever. Man City, Chelsea, and Leicester. Okay. Let's take that back a further 10 years. So now in the past 20 years, how many teams have won? Maybe add another, maybe two. So Arsenal would be in there. Yeah, actually one. Only Arsenal would be in there. So, so far you said five. Yeah. Five teams in the past 20 years. If we go back to the dawn of the Premier League, only six different teams have won. If we add to that list, it would, be, it would be Blackburn. Whereas if we look at the NFL, how many teams have won in the past 10 years? I think, if I remember correctly, it's been about eight. Eight different teams. And that's because everyone gets an equal chance to gain these essential players. Whereas in the Premier League, those that have money, as I said, get the best players. And they continue to do better and better. And the disparity between the bottom performing teams and the better performing teams increases. And you only have one or two odd picks like the Leicester story, which is once in a blue moon. By the way, do you know that the odds of Leicester winning the Premier League when they did were higher than the chance that Andy Murray would name his first child Novak? Wow, those are pretty big odds. Yes. Just goes to show anything is possible. Obviously, there are no perfect system out there in the world. So possible issues could include the fact that you might be, there's not really as much autonomy as the current system, but is there really autonomy anyways? Because you kind of like apply for various posts, but you still kind of end up wherever they decide to place you. Um, in terms of like other commitments, family responsibility, that may be tricky, but that always is a, a consideration when it comes to placements. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to say there are actually some incentives before we even get to the possible issues. There's incentives. What exactly are they? So obviously, um, traditionally, the poorer performing hospitals are usually in rural areas. 
And most people, are, not most, but a lot of people are reluctant to go to rural areas because of the issues that arise. But if you are placed in a rural setting, there are incentives to accepting the post, such as increased rural allowance. There'll be more career opportunities with regards to being able to study for diplomas and courses that would put you in good standing for whatever specialty you'd like to do. And it would be a definitely, it, sorry, it would definitely be um, made a point to take you into strong consideration for a registrar post if you had taken that post. So, and obviously if you are placed in a post where you're currently doing your career interests, so you get a concert post in anesthesia, that would also help you a lot with getting skills and uh, knowledge that would make you very comfortable once you do get a rich post. The main point that we want to drive across with how we're trying to equalize things with our draft system. So the poorer performing um, hospitals are not only getting access to the first picks and hence the kind of better choice with interns, but government will also then redistribute the money in accordance with that so that these poorer performing hospitals get more money and therefore are able to make sufficient upgrades to their hospital that will allow for the hospital to be run at a better state at a better level and make it suitable for the intern or the community service doctors that will be going there so that it doesn't just become a case of community service doctors going to work in desolate areas that are going to make them unhappy and depressed as it was as said there's financial benefits both for the hospital as well as the individual there're going to be opportunities for career advancement in both the fact that there'll be research opportunities and also you'll be able to hopefully work in your desired profession because that's what hospitals will be looking towards when they are recruiting you. And it will just be a nice experience. Another thing to consider is at the age when we are going to community service, a lot of us may or may not be in serious relationships or married or with children. And where your partner is is also a strong consideration of where you would like to be placed for community service. If you are, however, placed in a place far away from your partner, you may provide the department with... Um, what the partner's occupation is, and they can provide a list of possible occupations within a 50-kilometer radius. Then it's obviously their incentive whether or not they choose to apply or not, or you may rough it out with long distance. So all of the things we've brought up here are kind of taking into account that we're living in a perfect world and that we don't have all these other factors influencing us, such as where our family lives, being married, having children, and we only have to focus on the job at hand. We do not currently live in a communist community, so we cannot force people to do anything. But this is just a suggestion if we were to only take into account patients' well-being and performance of hospitals. We've tried to make changes where we can to also include the well-being and career advancement of doctors. But obviously, this is definitely not perfect, and we understand that. After all that's been said, just keep in mind, we're just too tired of overworked doctors so if you have any other bright ideas or any other comments or additions, any other um, pros or cons to what we've just described, please let us know. Comment on our Facebook page, Instagram, and our Twitter accounts. Let's get the conversation going and let's try to get some good ideas. Thanks again for listening to 15-Minute Medicine, where we try to make medicine as simple as possible. But not simpler than that. <laughs> <laughs>